Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm here with my dear colleague and dear friend, Dr. Kathy Yao. We're going to be talking about amazing things. She is so connected to nature and bioenergetics, and we got to meet a few months ago at a CellCore conference, and it was a highlight of the conference to connect with her. So welcome, Dr. Kathy. It's really an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Christine. It's an honor as well. It's I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> oh, oh, well, no, I, you know, I, I love how life works because I had seen your work and I'd seen your Instagram profile and I always kind of thought like, oh, wow, I want to know what she's doing and that you were just really sharing a lot of information that I resonate with and really want to share with my community. And so when I got to meet you in per- person, it was just felt really um, synchronous. And, you know, I want to share, of course, your wonderful work and your message today. And, you know, before we, you know, dive into that, you know, I know you may be new to some of my audience, and I would just love for them to learn a little bit about you and how you got into this work. Yeah, I would say my life journey has been pretty diverse. It kind of reflects my personality. I've always been a very curious person and love to immerse myself into any cultural environment or any study that I'm working on. So I've been fortunate to have traveled and lived in different places in the world. And I like to just learn and identify with wherever I am and just integrate as much as I can. I think where I am, particularly in this season of my life, I'm in a transition personally as well as professionally of kind of making a full circle back to my roots. So I think for this conversation, where I come from will be quite relevant. So I was born and raised in South Korea. Both of my parents' size families were pretty involved in health. My father's side was deeply rooted in Eastern medicine, acupuncture, herbalism. And my mother's side, they were more scholars and physicians. But the most, the biggest influence of my life and my ultimate mentor, and now she's my guardian angel, would have to be my grandmother. She was first female medical doctor in Korea. And she went through two major wars, Korean War and World War II. So what she shared with me was beyond this knowledge or wisdom as a pioneer, but these extraordinary stories of resilience of human spirit. And during war times, it's a life or death situation. So you you don't have time to be distracted on trivial things. So she had these opportunities to really tap into the maximum potential of human. She always taught me about the power of natural instinct. And that's really the core value in my practice. And I think that's the main foundation that's rather unstable in our society right now. So she would tell me how to channel my energy or stay focused, understanding what my essential needs are and channel it. When we think about these master arts or inspiring stories, or even some of major cuisines like in Korea we have this dish called bibimbap and it's out of scarcity a lot of times creativity is when you don't have a lot and you have to survive like fermentation is a perfect example so she always taught me how to harness my natural instinct but then on the other side she also shared this very delicate and fragile part of human existence that indeed every breath we take is really the grace of God. There are a lot of things we don't really have control over. And where I am, especially for the sake of our conversation, we understand the power of bioenergetic medicine. So in quantum mechanics, 
we could reconstruct the same concept of this dual uh, behavior, subatomic uh, uncertainty. You know, we have all this information and we expect matter to behave certain way, but there's always this surprise in quantum mechanics. So a lot of times it's not about how, what we should predict, but it's about highly depend on our perspective, our attitude. So she always showed me this both sides of uh, life. And that's really the core values in my practice that I want to make sure that my clients and to make this world a better place, that there is a solid foundation by reconnecting within and also nature. And then the other part is this graceful serenity. (laughs) And it's okay not to understand everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it's beautiful. I had no idea that your grandmother was the first medical doctor in, you know, South Korea. That's amazing yeah. the lineage that you come from. And, you know, I'm sure her message and her story have meant so much to you during your life. But, you know, here we are recording this in 2022. And, you know, the li- our, our lives and the world have been really, you know, turned upside down. And yes, we're not going through a traditional modern war, but there is a lot of um, reflection of about, you know, I think the meaning of life where we all kind of fit in this puzzle and how many of the things that, you know, kept us knowing who we are have changed, right? And so we don't have those same external markers to say, oh, this is who I am or this is what I'm about. You know, that's all, it's all in flux, right? You know, and and the world is very much in flux. So I think these, you know, principles that you're sharing are so relevant, I think, for this time. And, And here we are as we, you know, embark on this conversation loved what you shared about the quantum mechanic aspect of life. And then, you know, where we both connect is this desire to share, you know, this information in the realm of health and healing. And so maybe, you know, where we can go um, here, because I want to get into the work that you're doing, but just a little bit about, you know, your work thus far in your career with what we would call bioenergetics. And what, what does that mean to you as far as like bioenergetics? Energetics when we talk about health and healing? This could be quite simple or complex. <laughs> from Eastern root, and I just talked about this. There's no separation. Even I made a post about this several months ago that we don't see human nature, we just see nature. I work with a lot of indigenous people, and I think this is where bioenergetic is so important as a new language that we desperately need, is that when we look at health in terms of health, it's about wholeness. It's about interconnectedness. We can never disconnect that circle. And the minute we disconnect, that results in illness. Mm -hmm. So I think when we talk about bioenergetic is knowing this fundamental truth is that everything is connected. You and I, all of us, we are related. That's the truth. It's undebatable. Mm-hmm. And But for us in Eastern culture and a lot of ancient arts, it's something that we embody. We don't even need to prove it because it's like having five fingers on this side. There is really no need to prove that nature is good for us. So I think in that sense, it's a little bit challenging to describe what bioenergetic is, because for me, it's just literally uh, the existence of life itself. But the way I would translate it or I will communicate with my clients and other audience who are new to this is that it's the subtle part. And to me, 
love is not the most welcome language in science, but we all understand that's our ultimate goal is love. Mm -hmm. So when you think about someone and something that you dearly love, so for you, it'll be your daughter. For me, it'll be my cat. You Mm -hmm. don't rationalize why you love your daughter. You think about very subtle things like the way she giggles or for me, the way my cat snores, that (laughs) fixed value. It just does something to that love. And in bioenergetic medicine, it's the same concept. The rational way to describe it is the, the hierarchy of it, that we are first and foremost electromagnetic being or energetic being. And that controls, that literally directs our biochemistry. And now we are in this exciting time to be able to prove that. But I would say the most accurate way to tap into bioenergetic is actually starting with leap of faith. And that's going back to quantum physics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. This is again where we're very much aligned, and I I still actively see patients, and patients come from all over, and I've been through so much. And no matter who comes in my door, I'm always trying to digest, you know, this information and how to like make this part of you know their healing process, this framework, this understanding, and then you know a, a very you know much part of my heart to embrace this work is not only because, as you said, it's like. It's just who we are, right? We've just maybe forgotten or don't have the language or don't have the, we're not sharing this information as readily as we we should be. And that's why we're doing this. But it's like, this also has the opportunity, right? Um, when we look at the body and healing from this lens, that this is where, you know, healing um, is accelerated or, you know, the things that shouldn't heal, heal. Or if we want to label them miracles or synchronicities or, you know, you know, this is when things happen in a way that the conventional medical paradigm might say, oh, that's not possible. And so there's kind of that opportunity, you know, when we're doing this healing work to to bring this in. And so I guess saying that, Kathy, how did you start experiencing these principles within your clients' work and learn to trust them? Like not only like have this framework, but like, oh, like patients get better when I, I look at life this way. Absolutely. Just because the amount of information that our body holds. is So for me, I want to clarify in this conversations that I'm not here to say one over the other. This yeah. is a time that we should really, as I said earlier, I'm all about diversity and that's how we create solution and hopefully we could organize and prioritize it, but we want to be inclusive. And this is where science gives us the discipline. This is where technology could give us the precision to be able to measure certain things that are actually tangible. And then we could actually witness manifesting in our healing process. So coming from that route, and then I came to the United States when I was 14. And on the personal side, all my family, they're medical doctors. So they're expecting me to go to medical school. So just the fact that I went to chiropractic school was already kind of yeah. Uh, creating a little friction and just coming to another culture that speaks different language. And I don't mean just English, but it really reflects on mindset, especially in this conversation, the way people view health. I felt this pressure, to be honest, in order for me to be accepted, that I had to be accepted through my qualification and achievements. So I would humbly accept that there were some studies and trainings that I pursue for the sake of that. Then I will be a profession practitioner because it's more mainstream. I think, for example, my mom is a classic example. I went through a lot of training in chiropractic school. I stayed close to cranial 
and visceral manipulation. That's more of traditional osteopath. And then nutrition kind of came naturally with structural health, but it wasn't until my own mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And we, she did go through conventional treatment, but we also did a very strict regimen with living foods and juicing and all the good stuff. But it wasn't until she went through a major inner purification and that was forgiveness mm. and completely transformed as if cancer was, was one of the best thing that happened. It repaired our relationship. She's one of the most positive and she's got her sense of humor back. And this is how I started to listen to my patients, that it wasn't about the diagnosis that they were embodying, but there was a bigger story. And I was encouraging these people to start to tell storytelling and true speaking. And then we start to, uh, I was introduced to some of these technologies that we could actually measure. And in my case, we use scalar waves technology. So what we're measuring is morphogenetic field. So we kind of take the time out of the equation because time is another thing that is very difficult for us to measure in quantum mechanics. You know, I could say you are here and you are here, or this table was here it was here, but it's still here. So we can't tell that it was in the past and the present. So it's the same concept with quantum physics or scalar waves where uh, it was invented by Nikola Tesla, where we are able to see what's going on in their field, this biofield, on a physical level, on a mental level, psychic level, and even etheric level. That means the energy that goes in and out. And when we start to use this modality, in traditional Chinese medicine, we could simply do this by putting our hands on, reading their pulses, right? Just looking at, we are, our consciousness is a design of nature. So these elements of nature are in us. We may call them carbon, nitrogen, but in ancient arts, there were this dampness or heat, fire, it was natural elements. So we have this instinctive and intuitive skills. Now we also have technology with very precise frequencies that could measure these different electromagnetic signatures. And when we start to open this conversation, people were saying, well, first they were astonished that I had this sort of information. They start to tap into this area they were kind of suppressing or they were just distracted with day-to-day life. And then once, sometimes healing, all it takes is just giving it attention, giving it acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And people will, st- people will start to heal radically. I do believe that most of healing is like nature. It doesn't have to be radical. The miracles we're looking for is not you know, night and day. It's more of this steadiness, just like the way flowers blossom. It happens very gradually. But some of this radical healing was happening when we were tapping to so many other uh, clinical nutrition and functional medicine, which I still incorporate and embrace. But when we start to acknowledge that the body is energetic being and start to use these modalities, it was definitely radical because now we have much more information and different way that energy starts to move. It's as if body is thankful that you're listening to it mm-hmm. and start to work together. 
I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, I love it. I'm like super curious, of course, in so many ways. But you know, I I uh, I love the what you're sharing, and thank you for sharing the story of your mother. And it, it's we have this narrative of the story of who we are, and often you know life happens where we might not be connected to those things that we accumulate over time, just like we accumulate mercury and aluminum and you know all that we accumulate whether it's trauma or unmetabolized emotions or you know whatever it is or or not processing something that as you said like forgiveness these are the things that really I think affect our field right and if we have those incoherent or dissonant patterns within the field then our we're, we're getting um, mixed messages in our biochemical physical body right so it it's, you know, we have to look at this, heal this part of ourselves in order to really embody and embrace the the physical healing. And so, no, I, I think it's beautiful what you shared. And I guess, Kathy, when we think about the realm that we're talking about and the realm of bioenergetics and this nature of who we are, it's very easy for us to look at different modalities like sound healing and, you know, how that can be profound, you know, for not only our physical body, but I think our spiritual insight and so forth. And so I know that you've been a student and, uh, you know, a been educating us about sound therapy. So can you just walk us through how you got introduced and started to really become so passionate about sound and healing? Yeah, I think one of the most exciting about sound therapy is that it started with a love story. <laughs> We've gone through this where even if you love what you do and you're good at what you do, there are times that you ask yourself, is this how I'm supposed to serve the community? And am I doing this the right way? And sound therapy is one of those modalities that I so resonate with. I believe in it. And I went through personal healing myself. And going back to my introduction, I am very much in the stage of everything starts to make sense. So my mother was a renowned classical pianist. In her belly, I was already listening to Chopin and Mozart. And I was rather, I was told that I was musically inclined. So I was heavily trained in classical music and played multiple instruments and had perfect pitch. Just didn't have the self-discipline like my mom to be a pianist. Of course, she wanted me to be, and it didn't work. And then I came to the United States and lived in New York City and just completely fell in love with jazz and overall different types of African music in general. It's completely different music, right? Where classical music is very harmonized and organized, whereas there's improvisation. It does something to you. And this is what's interesting about sound therapy is that there are many different factors why certain people prefer certain sound. We could do the research and say these different brain waves stimulate certain state of stimulation or relaxation, meditative state. But when it comes to music, particularly a little more specific, your gender, your age, your cultural background, and this is when we start to tap into traumas, right? So in my case, the way I was culturally raised or in my family from classical train that already shapes your reality, how you interpret things. And then when I came to New York and just went crazy with jazz, you are allowed to improvise. You don't have to emphasize. <laughs> you are so present. And then I moved to southern Spain. And over there, they have what is called flamenco. And the beats that they use is called contratiempo, which means offbeat, almost accidental beat. Again, very different than classical music. But 
it does something that it, it brings heat and passion to your body that you didn't even know that you have and your body starts to move because you are at water. So a lot of times you see how sound manifest and heal people is through people's movement. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical dance movement or even the way they breathe. So voice is one way that I would assess. It's one of the ways that I would uh, prepare the sound therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that I've always known that sound and music was such a love of my life, but I, I didn't realize I could actually turn it into a healing modality until I went through my own healing journey. Four years ago, I sold my practice and it was one of the most stressful time of my life. So saying goodbye to my patients and the business aspect. So I had my first panic attack. And I started having a lot of hormonal issues. And one main symptom was insomnia. Mm. As a practitioner, you start self-diagnosing and self-treating. Did all the modalities that I would, neurotransmitter support and adaptogens and qigong, acupuncture, you name it. I did it all and nothing helped until I went to very, very deep jungle in Central America and where there's no electricity, no Wi-Fi, no cars, machinery, and completely immerse myself there. So, I mean, the bugs and the insects and the birds, they are buzzing. It's, it's the most intense and beautiful orchestra. And you are listening to it all day in its own rhythm. And my insomnia completely went away. And I said, I have to do this. And then I start to discover, oh, there is a such thing as a sound therapy. After my mom's career, she became a music therapist. So she was more a performer, but she became a music therapist. So I also worked with her. And then I started working with different types of scientists and engineers and even ordinary people. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back, there were so many amazing events. Like she had this tuner, my mom, and he was the only way who could touch her sign way before her recital. And he was blind. But his hearing ability was so advanced. Or seeing this first female solo percussionist, her name is Evelyn Glennie, and she was deaf. And she would come on stage on bare feet and start to perform because she could feel the vibration. Mm-hmm. Or, as I said, some of the most extraordinary people are ordinary people, street artists, indigenous people. So it wasn't just nature sound, which is a major element of sound therapy, nature sound, sonic uh, mantra and chanting, brainwaves and treatment, music therapy. All of this are modalities that I use, but Mm -hmm. where I interested in for the sake of this conversation, where I emphasize how important natural instinct is. And I say instinct, not intuition. Mm-hmm. I felt that I wanted to go even deeper into the sound of nature because when you work with indigenous people, there is actually information and message like certain birds mean certain meaning. There's a blessing coming. There's a healing coming. The weather forecast. It's unbelievable. So this is the area that I really like to incorporate. And this is kind of how it uh, unfolded so organically. <laughs> Wow. Wow. What an incredible story. And I just love how you said you just see like how your path has kind of unfolded and here you are like fast forward, you've had this experience in the jungle, you know, and really in the most, I don't know if primal is the right word, but maybe that's the word that's coming. It's like the most pure, right? It's not contaminated, right? The it's still the outside world is not there, you know? So it's just like that 
that amazing connection to the earth and, you know, the, the natural rhythm. And so that was life-changing and you're, you're still going down there, right? So tell yeah, us about, on a regular basis. Yeah. Tell us, tell me about, yeah, like that connection to the jungle and how that is evolving for you. Yeah. So I embrace it all. I do have some really advanced technology that helps because we may not always start with nature sound. We are dealing with some really chronically ill patients that have very, they're very overwhelmed with their discomfort and getting them out of discomfort, even though it may not be the root cause, we need to get them out of that chronic fight or flight state. So for them, we may need, it's kind of form of vitamins. I think our sound therapy, just like nutrition deficiency, you need certain frequencies, just like you're deficient certain minerals and vitamins. So in the beginning, the body is very desperate and we, they will take whatever you give them. And for them, I will, I may start with a specific uh, sound waves or frequency stimulation to regulate that. So that's where science and technology could really be helpful where my same therapy is a bit more personalized is how I could infuse the sound of nature, but without extracting or without losing the, its intrinsic factor. I think that's one area that I really want to focus on because it's not just listening to the sound of waves or sound of birds or sound of crickets. And that could be very soothing. I try to make it as personalized as possible, but the one area that I really focus on is the most well-known rhythm that we know is circadian rhythm. Mm. So there is something that happened in the jungle. This whole orchestra that I was telling you about is how everything is connected and they work together. And what they're doing is abiding by nature's rhythm, mm. right? So we know about human resonance and it's, literally the dominant rhythm or uh, dominant frequency, uh, all life depends on it. it Luc Montagnier, he did this water experiment and he said, even without DNA being present, life could form, but with one condition and that's shimmer resonance. So mm -hmm. earth rhythm is so important. So why not bring the whole orchestra instead of an extracted form sometimes it can be useful just mm -hmm. like isolate form of vitamins initially but what i would like to start with is sort of this ambience and then uh usually what i would do is i study closely with indigenous people there or people who are very familiar so local people indigenous people and especially where i am there is a big community of indigenous people they don't even speak spanish they speak their native language right oh so, as if they speak the language of nature, right? Mm -hmm. The the name of the tree, the name of the birds, and it's all from the vibration, the sound of the tree, sound of nature. So yeah. it's incredible. So I try to study it and I record a lot and I usually go through a good thousand recording and maybe I'll come up with one sound because you do have to go through editing. And this is, again, where technology helps to see if it's actually doing something more than therapeutic. Mm. I'm also looking for a clinical improvement. So it's a meticulous project that I really love. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. And so um, you mentioned something too, Kathy, that I'd love to tie into the sound conversation about 
the water in our body. And I know we, we connected about many things, but water, another, you know, another one um, of those things. And so can you just explain how your perspective, like how sound interacts with the water in our body? How, how should I start this? Because it's one of those things that it's so visceral again. And how can I word it? We're mainly made of water. And Gina talks about Gina Bria. She, she describes it so beautifully that anywhere you look, it's really the network of water system. And she talks about lymphatic drainage, of course, fascia, the circulation, even digestive system. So when I look at health, what I'm looking at is either it's decaying or nourishing or if there's a stressors or blockages, or there's a flow. And sound, even those people, I have some patients that are literally bedridden, so they may not be able to move, and we know that movement is essential, but sound could do that. For example, mantra could do that, or simply listening. Even those people who are deaf, as I was saying, this percussionist, you could feel it. You mm. could listen to music, not with your ears, but with your entire body's being. Mm. And reason you respond to that is because we are water mm. and different frequencies does something it creates more movement and the nature of water is that it loves to dance mm. as you see in nature nothing is linear and for this for that reason uh when we talk about structure water one of the main problem with our water system right now is they're going in this perpendicular right very linear that's not a form that water likes to be in water loves to play and mend and it's one of those things that my mom considers that to be actually entrainment that you don't actually have to make sound or do anything but simply just looking at water and how it flows in repetition kind of like newton's law it's a law but then when you look closer it's actually not law because there are some changes that happen and it's all depends on how focused and how present you are at that moment. Mm. So water loves to flow and dance and what allows the water to be happy and to be vital is the sound because it's the vibration. So I think the way I would describe it is starting with a big picture where everything in this life is actually swimming in the water of vibration. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. I, I always yeah. describe it in a symbolic way. <laughs> yeah, I know that's beautiful. And I, I love that. I love how you said like, I yeah, water loves to dance. I, I love that. You know, we, we both have seen, right, in our career, like really complicated diagnoses and people who have all these things that like they're trying to, you know, solve and fix in their body. But these foundational, natural, instinctual, primal parts of who we are, the more that we connect with them, there's that, with the analogy water, the ripple effect, right? You know, like when water is dancing in our body, like there's flow, there's movement, there's electricity, there's, you know, healing, there's release of, you know, stuck, you know, emotion and energy, you know, so where I'm getting in my, you know, process in my patients is that, yes, we need to think about the things and look at that, but like, we can't forget this the rhythm of life connection of you know who we are and I think this time that we're in we can't not look at this anymore I think the you know we have a trajectory we can either go on a trajectory I think many of us can see and don't want to happen or there's this huge opportunity of as you would say reconnection embodiment 
And this is where the dance of, you know, the water in our body and the dance of, of, of life, right, happens. So, no, I am super inspired as I hear you talk. And Kathy, as, you know, people are probably, you know, in my community, everyone's hanging with our conversation. They, they understand what we're saying. But some people might be like, okay, well, how do I, like, where do I start? You know, like, let's say someone who just lives in Seattle or New York City or, you know, can't get to the jungle. Or how do we empower them to just start with incorporating these ideas in their life? Yeah, I think starting with what I love about sound therapy, for example, is that it gives us a new language. So all sound therapy, it can be done remotely. So that's one thing that um, has been really helpful. So we do the assessment. Usually we do that with bioresonance testing. So it shows a lot of, and we look at the brain activities for sure. And then we also do uh, the voice assessment. So there are a lot of things that I'm looking for. And I think in the end, I look at health in terms of musicality. So you and I know that we are energetically connected and we are we function by these electromagnetic signatures. It's rather complex. And I appreciate it because it has kind of reconnected me back to my Eastern roots. But it's still the language perhaps that I think right now the priority is simplicity. I think we need simplicity so bad. So... My priority is always how can I simplify and how can I stir up this natural instinct for my patients? Because a lot of times we're not grounded. And neurology and psychology really show this, that even when we actually pay attention to the activities of our brain and these conversations we're having day to day, it's not very rational, even though we know all the right things to do not to consume sugar, not to take things personally, go to bed on time. Even if we're doing these things by the textbook, when, you, when we don't read what we sow, we understand brain is not the ultimate place for our health and happiness. It will bridge the gap initially, and we should definitely utilize it, but it's not the final destination. Even when I start to talk about quantum mechanics, it's a language that is interesting, but people don't understand, and they still have to get their intellectual part involved. And at this point, to be honest, where I see the imbalance, as you say, is we need to create more time and space for us to go back to simple, very basic things. And this is not even about health. Anything in life, whether you want to learn how to cook or paint or learn new language, we're going to start with something very basic repetitively, and it may not be very stimulating. And in neurology, we show that the way we release stress a lot of times we're still kind of stuck on that cycle, though we're seeing, oh, our front, frontal cortex is getting busy and we're releasing a dopamine neurons. Well, this, is, this really works because we're also boosting serotonin and GABA and shutting down stress response. But still we see that that's not addressing the root cause. And the reason for that is there is a lot of conversation that has to do with this moral licensing and sense of guilt, a shame. And ultimately it comes back to language of love, compassion. Yeah. And I think, especially right now, there's a major identity crisis. What gives us identity? What gives us different perception? Sound could do that. Mm. So the way I assess health is actually in, form, uh, in terms of musicality than even electromagnetically. Mm. So then when a patient is sharing her medical history or whether I'm reading their lab report or the way that 
I even pay attention to their thought pattern, the way they're telling me how symptoms have manifested. It's like as if I'm listening to music, a song, and mm. I could start to see clusters and patterns of where we need to slow down the 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 rhythm or the tempo and regulate uh, the melody. It's all in terms of music. And I may not speak fully like this, so we do need to talk about Gulurutayan and Metapolitan. But when I even talk about this language, like resonate and I vibe with you, the wavelength, it's all in terms of musicality. And something happens in my clients. They they no longer use their cerebral part, but they feel it from their core. Oh, that makes sense. And we get to work right away. Yeah. Music, sound is the fastest way. And I don't like to use the word fast because right now everything is too fast. We could even see this pattern in our society. The most fundamental, um, what's most fundamental to our biological responses that, that structure our society, it's the rhythm. It's too fast. But Sound medicine is truly one of the fastest way to heal your emotional health, spiritual health, physical health altogether, as well as healing our planet. Mm. We don't have to be this angry climate change activists and ocean plastic pollution that I used to be. (laughs) I love what you say about ripple effect. And I know that's a real uh, big motto of your philosophy. Mm. That's literally what sound is doing that you change from inside and then you realize the healing comes from simply tuning into that voice of your body your heart of nature and then what happens is people around you they have no choice but to transform so i think what i'm looking for is more of change in behavior then some of this, um, like heart rate variability, those are valuable clinical values, but sometimes it could still be rather instant gratification, if mm-hmm. I say so. I'm looking for something that is long-term, and that is change in behavior that's something more transformative. And those things are not necessarily measurable. Mm-hmm. It has to happen in conversation by relating, because that's what music therapy does is first you give them structure, you self-organize, but then you are able to relate to other differently. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the ripple effect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, and that's yeah, very beautifully put. And I and you know what, you know, the theme of your or this conversation, which is beautiful, I think that it's also this idea, right? Like in modern life, as you we've talked about, fix do solve push Mm -hmm. detox strain get you know like all this kind of energy right and so what you're sharing when I hear you talk I I can feel you know as you're in relationship and in resonance with a patient and they're you know in touch and in tune more with their natural rhythm their natural vibration that resonant frequency of who they are in the world reconnecting to them to that Mm -hmm. and that of course has a beautiful effect on their their physical body and and their life and then they're almost like a tuning fork for their family and their community and you know like so it's just like a whole it's like flipping on our head (laughs) you know like the way that we see life I'm figuring out how to figure that out in my own life that keeps me inspired and keeps me exploring and evolving right yeah Yeah. 
Yeah, in the beginning, I would say sound therapy, the way I use it most of times is to regulate. It's a regulator. That's a main difference that we don't distinguish nature versus technology. And at times we put more trust in technology. And, you know, I'm just as guilty of it. I don't want to say guilt, but because we need to give options to our patients. Not all of them have the luxury or they're not in that state. So we want to walk them through. So light therapy is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. And but technology, light therapy, for example, will say it does what nature can't do. But we need to be very careful that it can never replace solar energy from the sun. Not even close. Mm -hmm. uh, so technology, a lot of times, I, I don't think technology is uh, bad, it's just like money. I think it's the misuse, abuse, overuse. I think there's a way that we could use technology in a nourishing way, let's say that. Yeah. But the main part with technology is saying that we could bring exactly same results as nature, but we could do it fast. Yeah. And the fact that we're doing it fast is already wrong because we're talking about rhythm. Mm -hmm. So the way I use sound therapy or sound medicine is to regulate. Mm -hmm. We need that main regulator, just like Schumann resonance. And no matter how we, a lot of times we have this anxiety because it's just a lot. But when we have sound therapy, we have, we know what the right rhythm is, regardless of what's happening. And what happens is, as you said, this ripple effect, some of my clients, for example, they start to see different colors. Like the other day, my patient told me all her house is painted in white. And after sound therapy, she wanted to paint it in colors. Oh, wow. To me, that's significant. That speaks more value than, oh, you know, let's take a look at your neurotransmitters <laughs> and balance and look, let's look at the quantitative value. That's important too. But yeah. then it speaks the whole story. Right. Yeah. And you know, when you change colors, yeah. it does something to our physiology, just like sound, neurochemistry, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then all the family members, it, there's the ripple effect right there. Yeah. So clinically speaking, we don't need to really even go there. I mean, I'm happy to share, but there are more than enough. I feel that more than enough studies that prove that the musicality of oscillation and vibration absolutely determine our wellness and, or versus disease. Mm -hmm. Music absolutely interacts with stem cell or it could reprogram your DNA structure or influence your genetic expression. That Those studies are there and it's undebatable. Mm -hmm. Where I am interested is, is going back to relatability, human behavior, natural instinct. Let's see what sound does to you. So I don't want my sound therapy to be a replacement. I certainly don't want it to be a gadget. I want it to change people's behaviors where they start to introduce more nature to their lives. So before taking that magnesium or adaptogen, maybe a client will say, you know what? I really need to go hug a tree. <laughs> That's what I do. And to be honest, it's one of the most powerful medicine. And a lot of my clients, I actually prescribe that. Mm -hmm. This foundation is something that I prescribe more of self-discipline. And then those people who are overwhelmed with their symptoms are more gracious and compassionate. But connection with nature, something very basic, basic like hydration and oxygen. This is something that I really want them to have it on a consistent level because that's your foundation. Then you become much more resilient. So mm -hmm. 
what I'm looking for is transformation. Then ripple effect absolutely happens and it happens really fast. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And I, yeah, now I'm going to, I'm going to take that note, Kathy, to, you know, hug a tree on my treatment plans. You know, I, I, I love it. You know, it's, you know, my daughter, naturally, I, I talked to her about the trees and she'll go up and hug them. And, you know, it's just like that childlike, um, view right of you know our seeing life it's just such a great reminder always well Kathy I feel like we could have an hours of dialogue around this topic <laughs> you know? but I, I love you know what you've shared I've loved the perspective and you know this and, and really the the understanding I think there's a deeper understanding that you've just shared with people around sound therapy uh, compared to some of the other conversations I've had is there anything else on your you know your heart or your mind that you want to share as we wrap um, the podcast? Yeah, I'm working on currently many different projects, but yeah. slow and steady and just to see how things unfold. I was just always ask people to stay. We know about the importance of mindfulness, but I will go a little deeper in that being mindfulness, be intentional. I think that's really important when you go deeper into staying present if you're intentional, then you are able to navigate your life much more clearly. I am really passionate about this sound therapy. I, we also do bioresonance testing, as I said. So a lot of times combination works the best, especially if someone's dealing with specific health concerns clinically. And a lot of them are these complex autoimmune disease and chronic infections and so forth. And of course, we don't want to throw away biochemistry. So it's about embracing it all and how cool we could do it together. And in this artistry of uh, science, I'm happy to share that with the world. Um, but especially sound therapy is something that is available. I have a lot of clients that I work with, both bioresonance, biofeedback, as well as sound therapy. Usually it's a combination that's most effective mm. um, because the DNA sample is quite uh, time sensitive. They're only available for U.S. residents, where sound therapy is available for anyone because we yeah. can just send it to you via email. I definitely invite people to experience it and see how they like it. It'll be my joy that people share this message and be able to use sound as a new language in their lives. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. And Kathy, please share your website if people want to work with you, or I know you have some online courses. Sure. Share how people can get in touch with you. It's very easy. Dr. Kathy Yo, so D-R-K-A-T-H-Y-Y-E-O.com. Uh, and all my handles are basically the same. So whether you're looking um, for me on Instagram or Facebook or other social media, they're all Dr. Kathy. Perfect. We'll have the links in the show notes and I will definitely have you again on the podcast. This was so fun for me to connect with you in this way. Likewise, Thank likewise. you for your time. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my show today. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, I'd be so honored to hear from you. If you want to leave a review on iTunes or message me at info at drchristineshoffner.com. I am committed in this season of 2022 to bring you informative, innovative, cutting edge education so that you can live your best life.